Microphone check, one, two. Scoot the mic back, like so. Sorry for a little scrapey scrape. Let me go ahead and check the camera. Uh, go three, two, one. Yo, what's good? We live on the camera. We got the podcast. Yo, CLT raps. We sound good in the headphones. We look good on the numbers. We look good on the gauges. I look good on the screen. All right. And we lit, man. Yo, it's Tizzy Talks. Yo, CLT Raps. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, Taco's over here. He's joining me today. He, he might leave. He's uh, looking out the window right now. Cat TV, if you will. Man. I just wanted to uh, pop in on this beautiful Monday. It's nice. Weather's finally fucking getting warm in these streets. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow the higher on Twitter. Y'all should go ahead and follow the higher on Twitter. That's T-H-3-H-I-G-H-E-R-T-H-3-H-I-G-H-E-R. Yeah, follow the higher on Twitter. I made an announcement to the Negro Nation. Um, we're not complaining about the heat. No, there's no heat complaints. 2018, it's not hot. It's warm. It's really, really warm. We shan't complain about the heat because summer, I mean, because winter 17, winter 17 slash 18, the winter that didn't want to start nor end. Yeah, we ain't going back to that. We got to embrace this sun. We got to look at Ra. And when Ra is just, you know what I'm saying, on one thou wow, we got to just look at the sun and be like, all right, bro. You want one thou wow today, bro. You can got the ain't turned down. But we cannot. We cannot. Bad mouth the heat. Because, Lord. I'm not a cold person, bro. I don't do with cold weather at all. I'm not. When it's cold, when it's cold, I don't move. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do nothing. It's just too motherfucking cold for any of that shit, bro. <laughs> a nigga trying to stay in the house, bro. A nigga trying to stay indoors. A nigga is trying to stay insulated, bro. I'm not trying to be out here in these streets. Goddamn, freezing my ass off. Nah, so I used to stay inside during the motherfucking. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I used to stay inside during the motherfucking um, the winter months. But in the summer, man, it's time to get out, bro. It's time. To, I want to live life. I'm trying to live my life like it's golden. You know, no, you know. If you know me, then anytime you dab me up or you ask me how my day's going or what's up or how you living. My ancestors living life like it's golden, you know, symbolized by the locks. Now, I live my life like it's golden. Honestly, it started off as a joke. I think Naj asked me the first time. Shout out, Naj. I think Naj asked me the first time, and um, he was like, yo, um, how, you, how, you, how you living? Oh, what's up? How you feeling? And I was like, living my life like it's golden. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, nah, bro, but why not? Why not live your life like it's golden? Why live your life any other way, bro? You only got one life to live, bro. I want my life to be golden. I don't want it to be bronze. Or, you know, I don't want it to be brass. I don't want it to be, you know, plated silver. I want my shit to be golden, my nigga. I want to have an amazing life from front to back. <clears throat> An amazing life from front to back. Like, I don't really want to be over here stressing about shit that I... Stress about right now, fucking bills and <sighs> one day, bro. One day we gonna live a life without bills, and one day we gonna just goddamn be able to really do all this shit we really want to do because all this shit we want to do ain't really nothing but positive shit. And that's the honestly, that's the shit that keeps me going day in and day out. Uh, at the end of the day, positive energy can never be defeated, regardless. How much negativity there is in the world, regardless of whatever, positive energy can never be defeated. 
it's just like, you know, they say uh, the world, the people in it, everything goes back to black. Once you go back, once you go black, you can't go back. Um, and that's true in the sexual sense, you know. I I don't have sex with white women. I don't foresee myself having sex with a white woman. Um, not even for reparations, not even for slavery. Nah. I just I just that's me personally. But uh I have seen many of uh white women fall victim to black painters and then never ever ever want to leave black painters. We've seen all those women. They're uh usually identified by the uh, half bowl cut that goes down to the right side and a sharp swoop is usually angled toward the front uh, right portion of their uh, head. It's mostly covers the whole ear. Sometimes, you know, if they're really fancy, they got it covering like half of the ear. Um, and then you'll notice a little mixed girl. Yep, she got a little mixed girl. She got a pocket. Mm-hmm. And they're usually complaining about something at your local Walmart. Yeah. That's that's that is the typical once you go black you don't go back and then I understand you know their parents and well I'm gonna tell y'all why I I personally don't date white women um, it's because I know somebody in your, in your in your family's racist that's that's honestly when it gets down to it I don't feel like dealing with it uh, I don't I don't I don't really feel like dealing with it may not be you it may not be your father it may not be your mother but I'm gonna go to a cookout. And I'm going to get some stares. And I already get enough stares in society. I don't really want stares from my significant other's family. I'd rather just date another black woman. Also, second reason. Uh, do you see my skin complexion, bro? I am trying to, for y'all listening on the podcast, y'all can't see this beautiful melanin. I, am, uh, I want to preserve. Preserve this. Soon as I get with one of y'all, shit, my my melanin, my offspring is gonna be at least six shades lighter, at least six shades. Nah, bruh. Nah, I gotta preserve this rich dark melanin, cause like they say, everything going back to black. I mean, that's even true with people. Uh, like me and Keychains, um, shout out Keychains Seventy. He came through yesterday for the uh for an interview. So we drop in next week. So make sure y'all stay tuned to your CLT raps. Um. Keychain Sefner, we were talking about everything going back to black. Uh, that's just the way of the world. You got black people, you got white people, you got Hispanics, you got Asians, you got what Indians, you got Native American Indians, which is fucking Christopher Columbus, dumbass. Now, how, okay, let me pause on this. Let me pause on that. Let me pause. Let me pause on that. And let me just how the fuck do you discover? How do you discover a place? Where people already at. Then name the niggas that's there. Something totally different than what they already are. Nigga, you was trying to go to India. You landed in the Caribbean. You didn't even come to America. But somehow Native Americans are referred to as Indians. When Indians are for fucking India. The fucking country you was trying to get to in the first motherfucking place. Yo, that shit don't make no goddamn sense. And we just goddamn running with it. And me, dumbass five-year-old Zay, I'm goddamn in school just like, yeah, Christopher Columbus, yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah, he came through with the Indians, yeah. And that shit don't make no motherfucking sense. But see, the thing is, we're taught all this shit that don't make no motherfucking sense when we don't understand shit. Like Kanye, um, he's in one of his raps, uh, I can't remember what song exactly, but he says, the concept of time is so obscure. And, bruh, that's so motherfucking true. Like, our concept of time is so obscure. When we're taught about, when we're taught about Emmett Till and we're taught about Dr. Martin Luther King, we're taught that, like, oh, that shit happened, like, you know, forever in a day ago. Especially when you talk to it uh, as a child. Like, your concept of time as a child is, you know, your parents are fucking dinosaurs to you. How old, is your, how old is your mom? Oh, my mom is goddamn 40. Oh, my 40? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a long time. Like, for Emmett Till, he died August 28th, uh, 1955. But that's not a long time ago. I, 
believe my father was born in 55. Um, like, that's that's not far. Another fun fact, the same year Emmett Till died was the same year, well, not died, the same year uh, Emmett Till was murdered, murdered by the same concept that's being going on right now, which we're going to get to about these damn white women calling the police on every motherfucking body. Uh, the same year Emmett Till was murdered was the same year they opened up uh, Disney World. And also the same year that they added In God We Trust on the dollar bill. So I was like, niggas was dying. White people, rich white people, because at the time, you know what I'm saying, not everybody going to Disney World. Even today, not everybody going to Disney World. Nigga, I'm not going to Disney I ain't been to Disney World. Partly because I don't want to go to Disney World, but I ain't going to Disney World. I done, I done been to, uh, what's the, uh, I done been to uh, MGM Studios. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been to that one. I ain't, I ain't been to Disney World, though. But, you know, rich white people going to Disney World, and then on the money, we add in God we trust. But ain't no God for the niggas that's getting lynched. And police called on them because they allegedly whistling at a white woman who later on confessed on her deathbed that she lied. So, yeah, you know, that's the kind of shit that, you know, we got to kind of recognize and think about our our growing up and our way we think about shit in general, about everything, because I question everything. Man, I'm a Leo and... I'm a Leo slash Virgo. I'm a cusp baby. I was born on August 21st. August 22nd is Virgo. Like, so I'm very much a Virgo. And it took a while for me to really look at, you know what I'm saying, myself and see that. Because this was me growing up. And even to today. And I talked about this in an interview with Keychains too. I'm the type of nigga... We in school, and we're doing a group project. It's four niggas in the group. Bro, I ain't going to do shit. I'm going to let everybody else do the work. Hell yeah. Then they'll be doing the work like I want them to do the work or how I imagine, or they doing shit slow, or niggas just not doing anything at all. And I'm just like, all right, bro. Okay, change the plans. Fuck it. Look, y'all don't have to do shit. I'm going to just do everything myself. And that's when that Leo came out. And that was my process with everything. I'll always be like, yo, bro, if I ain't got to do shit, I ain't going to do it. And then fuck it, I guess I got to do it myself because ain't nobody going to do it the way I needed it to be done. And I, if I do it, then I know it's going to be done. So matter of fact, y'all don't even touch it. I'm not going to do it my best, though. I'm not going to give this shit a motherfucking A+, plus because this is a group project. So I'm going to do it for myself. We'll get a B. We might get a B+. Plus. But I ain't about to give y'all motherfuckers an A, nigga. I'll give y'all niggas a B. But that was always my mentality. Like, and even to this day, I see other motherfuckers on a microcosm. Like I said, with um with keychains. On the hip hop scale, you know, I see baby Jesus. I see uh well, I see the baby, I see Elevator J, I see Loot, I see everybody. I'm like, okay, cool. I ain't gotta do nothing. One of these motherfuckers can get the city to pop, and then I can just Come through with everybody else. Because that's honestly, that's really all I want to do. <laughs> I am a least effort nigga. And then shit's not clicking or it's not going how, I don't want to say could go or should go or none of that shit. But it's not going on my time because I'm looking at myself like, nigga, I'm goddamn 26. About to be 27. I got to go. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. If ain't nobody else going to do it for me, I'm going to go ahead and do it for myself. I'm going to go ahead and goddamn make these events. I'm going to do these shows. I'm make my platform. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to take care of myself. I was trying to just go through the door with everybody else, but fuck it. I'm going to just go through myself and make a way for everybody else. And that's why I'm right here. And that's why you're looking at me right now. That's my personality. And it took a minute for me to, you know what I'm saying, make that realization and see the patterns within myself. Uh, and I tell everybody, life is life is a big ass, you know what I'm saying, cycle, it's a big ass circle. Just watch out for the loops, because once you watch out for the loop, then you can make the change. And once you make that change, you can do the shit that you really want to do, because life is a series of choices. My personal outlook on life is is you have the ability to do. Whatever the fuck you want to do. But when you get to particular places, the choices you make 
determine where you go. It's like those flip books. You know, you be reading a book and they be like, does Tommy go into the cave? Flip to page five. Does Tommy get on his bike and ride home? Flip to page 26. I'll be the nigga that flipped the page five. I'm like, Tommy going inside the motherfucking cave. And then they be like, well, Tommy died. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I'm going to just flip to page 26. Tommy didn't go inside the cave. Ain't nobody got to know. I literally never finished one of those flip books. I always died doing the flip books. Uh, hope I don't die in real life. Um, but that's how I, you know what I'm saying, view life. It's you get to a particular place and you make a decision. And what really got me on this wave of thought and this way of viewing life is growing up in the church pastor be like oh you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people that symbolizes you know what i'm saying i'm here on my on my will and i chose right but then same pastor same church he'll say something like God placed you beside this person. God knew you was going to be here before you was going to be here. He set this up way back before you was even born for you to be here. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have any control in this situation. But in the first situation, when you greeted us here, you said that I had all control and that I chose right. But in this situation, you're saying that I have no control. Well, which one is it? Because that's two totally different, you know, ways of life. That's two totally different perceptions and views of how this whole life thing, <laughs> this thing we call life works. Either within the realms of Christianity, everyone is here. God made everyone. People make their own choices. God tells everybody to live a particular way. You choose not to live that way. The results of your choices, and you spend eternity in hell. You follow the way God wants you to live. You choose to follow the way God wants you to live. You go to heaven, and you sing praises to this guy for the rest of your life, for the rest of heaven. Or the other way that Christianity is set up, based on, you know, God knowing everything beforehand this is the part that no not really the part this is the side that really fucked me up and really confused me and i mean feel free to comment and let me know how you feel about it but this is wow like i said i was 13 years old sitting here like okay so god knew i was gonna be here before well i'm walking through it this is really what happened so i went and got saved I didn't feel nothing. Not that I was expecting to feel anything. Okay, I was like 12, 13 years old, so maybe I was like expecting to feel something. Uh, you know, at, at least like when you stand up and get woozy, you know what I'm saying? At least some kind of something. But I didn't feel nothing. I was like, hmm, interesting. And so I was taught, you know, to pray for forgiveness for your sins. So every night, I go to, before I go to sleep, hey, what's up, Jesus? Yo, I want to apologize for all the stuff that I did today. Um, and I would do that every day. I would just apologize for my sins. But then I got to a point where I was like, hey, yo, Jesus. Yo, what's up, man? I want to apologize for my sins that I made today. Um, but can I go ahead and get forgiveness for the sins that I'm going to create tomorrow? I want to go ahead and apologize for those and ask for my forgiveness ahead of time because... I didn't know. And then I was like, well, wait. Can I go ahead and, like, just get forgiveness for all of my sins? Like, can I go ahead and, like, just pre-order my forgiveness, if you will? Like, go ahead and have my sins already pre-forgiven before I make them? Because you know I'm going ahead. You know I'm going to make them. Wait. If you know I'm going ahead and make these, if I'm going to make these, you know what I'm saying, these decisions, and I'm going to commit these sins, then is it, are they even my sins to begin with? Because I don't really have no choice in this. I'm not choosing to sin. 
Like, you just already preordained my life for these particular things to happen. Well, if you preordained my life for these particular things to happen, what about the crackheads that be outside the gas station? Did you preordain their lives for them to all go ahead and be crackheads and their crackheads and their prostitutes and their hoes and whatever, whatever, gang members or serial killers or whatever, all the negative stuff that we kind of avoid with this whole, God knew you was going to do this before you did this rhetoric. Did you create them like to be those things? And if you did create them to be those things, then it's not their fault. That when they die, they that they they you know that they they don't they're not Christian that they don't know you because they didn't have a choice in this whole thing, and they did they they didn't have a choice in this whole thing, and when they die, they go to hell. Don't that mean you just creating people to fuel Satan's army? That don't make no sense. Why would like so my at that point my whole that whole thought in my head was just it was. It was chiseled. It was fragile. And I was just like, this don't make no sense. Like, that don't make... This nigga God is creating people to sin on purpose to go to hell? No. Okay, well, then you can't say that God knew you was going to do something before you did it. And you you can't apply half of it to a situation you want to apply to. It's the same thing when gay they be like, well being gay is a sin. Well nigga right above it said right it does say that in the Bible. But right before it says that it says you shouldn't wear mixed fucking uh fabrics. You shouldn't eat shellfish. You shouldn't eat hoofed animals. You shouldn't have tattoos. You shouldn't have piercings. It says so much shit. But you people just skim through it to get to the part that they wanna ah can't be gay if you gay, you go to hell. Well, nigga, you wearing polyester and motherfucking cotton, so you're going to hell too. Right beside the gay niggas. Yeah. For your motherfucking poly blend shirt. Yeah. All because you got the Hawaiian shirt at Ross, your ass is in jail. Right beside the niggas that's fucking each other. And beside the niggas like me that eat fucking seafood. Like, everybody wants to pick their... Hey, you can't do this. And hey, is this? And I'm like, bro, if you just think about shit, how it would, a blanket statement, how it would, because these are blanket statements. This is the fucking law from God. From God. It's like Kanye, Um, he was talking to the white guy at uh, TMZ. He was like, um, talking about Trump. And he was like, yeah, I don't hate Trump. I'm not putting words in Kanye's mouth, but this is all of what Kanye said. It was like, you know, I don't hate Trump. Like, I want to kill the motherfucker, and I'm the same way. I'm the person the same way. Like, I don't hate anybody, so I, I guess I love you. Like, it's weird to say that. I don't hate niggas, like, so I love you. Like, if you not go pull the trigger on somebody. And watch them die in front of you. You don't hate that person. You just don't. And I can, as a person, say I can't do that. I can't pull the trigger and watch somebody die. I don't hate nobody. You know what I'm saying? So I guess I love you. It's weird. I guess, but I guess I do. Yeah, um, the dude at TMZ was like, well, he, Kanye asked the dude at TMZ. He was like, doesn't, aren't you a Christian? Like, doesn't your God tell you to love everybody? And then he was like, yeah, but I, I just can't. And it's like, he doesn't, what? You just can't. Like, that doesn't matter, bro. Like, that, that don't matter. You're God. The person that, if you're a Christian, you devote your life to. I'm not too keen on these other religions, so I don't know. I just know because I grew up in a Christian household. If you're a Christian, in the Bible, it tells you to love everybody. So that means your ass loves Donald Trump. If you was at church yesterday, you love Donald Trump, just like Kanye, if you were at church yesterday. And if you were in polyester and cotton, you're going to hell. That's just how the Bible is. The Bible tells you to love everybody, but you don't do it. You want to hate who you want to hate. You want to love who you want to love. And that's perfectly okay, because we're all humans. 
But if you're going to be a human that subscribes to the Bible, you got to follow those things. You can't be no hypocritical ass motherfucker. And that's honestly why I left the church, because partly this shit don't make no sense. And then the other part, bro, mad, mad niggas in that hypocrites. I believe you just live your life if you love everybody and you just give love and walk in love. And you just are a loving person, bro. What what more can you ask for? Like, because I don't know this silky-haired white guy, I go to hell. The look, like, that was another thing that got me. The people in the Amazon, they go to hell because they don't know this silky-haired white guy. That don't make no sense, bro. That motherfucker could be just as loving as everybody else, but because they ain't know some silky hair white guy, they go to hell. Man, that shit whack, bro. That's all in programming, man. We're all taught this shit when we're mad young, and we just grow up in it. And we don't really think about changing and thinking outside the box or just thinking about it in a logical manner. Taco's leaving. We don't we you know we tend not to do that shit because we're afraid to change for some particular reason. We're afraid that we're afraid to be wrong. And that's a whole human thing, bro. Humans just are afraid to be wrong and don't like to be wrong. Bro, tell a human they're wrong. And watch how upset they get. It's okay to be wrong, bro. We're not always going to be right about everything 100% of the time. It's impossible. Now, granted, it's also in the way we get checked, you know, in the way, or if you're the checker, if you will, the way you check people. But we also have to humble ourselves and really think about who the fuck we are in the whole grand scheme of everything. Nigga, you don't have all the answers. Not a nan motherfucker walking the face of this planet has all the answers. It's okay to be wrong. And when you are wrong, learn from it. It's the same analogy I have as the word try. You know, you can be wrong and then learn from it and then be right. You might not have been right that time, but nobody's right all the time. Same thing like like I said with try. You try to build a house. You build a house that one time, that house goddamn fall over. All right, boom. But if you're building a house, if you're learning, you may build a house. You got that shit wrong. Somebody walk by. They say, hey, man. You need to put that nail right here. Oh, okay, bet. You put that nail right there. You learned. And then you build a house the next time, and then the house stay up. It's because you're learning, bro. Somebody can't correct you. You applied that knowledge to what you already knew. You added more to your repertoire. That's a funny word, by the way. Repertoire. Because it's not spelled like repertoire. There's an R-E at the end. It should be like repertoire or whatever. But you add that to your repertoire. And then you move. And you keep an eye on the next person that see you build a house like that. That motherfucker build a house. But they don't know that you was wrong yesterday. And they don't need to know that you was wrong yesterday. Somebody came and checked you. Somebody came and corrected you. You didn't blow it up. You ain't go viral on social media because... You snap back at somebody and then that person snap back at you and then you're having an argument on social media. Nah. Somebody came with some facts. You did your due diligence. You looked up the facts. You found out that the facts was actually a fact. It was like, okay, bet. I was wrong. And he was cool with it. That goes for constructive criticism as well. When somebody, you, you, put, you show somebody something and they give you feedback and it's not the feedback that you wanted to hear. It's cool. Not everybody gonna like your shit. 
everybody's going to have an opinion. But also, not everybody's opinion is going to matter. Not everybody's opinion is going to matter. That's plain and simple. Somebody talking to you, or you're not somebody talking to you, you show somebody stuff, you show somebody your stuff, they give you feedback. Hey, man, I really wasn't a fan of this, but I would say it looked kind of amateurish. Maybe you should look at the way you shot this. Maybe um, look at some different angles. But all other than that, good job. Now, when you first see like a message like that, once you see somebody call your shit amateurish, you probably like, what the fuck, nigga, amateurish. But at the same time, you as a creative, you want to present yourself professionally. So if someone comments to you that something looks amateurish, you need to look at these particular words. Hey man, now when people are like, hey, look, shit trash. Hey man. You can't really go off of that. That's not constructive criticism. Hey, man, I look amateurs. Check your angles. Check your lighting. Look for shit, bro. And look for people actually trying to tell you things. Don't just look for shit at, at surface value. Somebody correcting, hey, yo, it should look blurry. Hey, man. That, you know what I'm saying? Just look for people that's giving you actual feedback not just saying this shit trash and when you read feedback that don't say this shit trash but it also don't say oh my god this is amazing or three fire flame emojis and a nigga actually got some words for you bro that's fine because again you're building that person just walked by hey man you need to put that nail there so the next time you build that house you all right man you said should look amateurish like for me, example, we use Pusher, Pusher.com. You can submit your music there for a dollar. And um, so I submitted, I can't remember exactly what song I submitted. Um, but he hit me back three days later and he was like, you know, I like the song. So blah, 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 blah. I can't remember. The one thing that stands out in my head is um, he said, you should work on the mixing though. Um, it's a little off. There's a lot of semblance. I, I mix our music. I'm like, what the fuck? Samuels, nigga. I mix this shit, nigga. What the fuck, bro? But then I think about it. I'm like, I mean, for him to say that, obviously that had to be some semblance. A nigga's not just gonna email me, hey man, there's some semblance. If there ain't no fucking semblance. For those of y'all who don't know what semblance is, semblance is. Um, yeah, high frequencies. So it's like the little, and just when you got high levels, um, sometimes like the hi hats or um, sometimes the synth, it's just like a little high frequency. So basically, to get rid of that, you can just you can cut down, cut out some of the high frequencies, and that's really all I had to do. It was just as simple as going into the EQ, clicking a button two times to change the way the wave looks. And then sliding it back a little bit to cut some of the symbols out. I mixed it down and I listened to it myself. And I compared this new version to the version I sent him. And without the symbols, it sounds way better. It sounds a lot more clear. It sounds a lot more clean, a lot more crisp, a lot more professional. Because as artists, as individuals, as anybody, you don't gotta just be an artist, right? As a person that's out here trying to make it. Fuck, not trying. Out here somebody who's working on it and working on making it the whole goal is to be professional you don't want your shit to look like shit that's plain and simple you want your shit to be the most fire product out there you want your video to look the crispest you want your photos to be the nicest you ain't trying to look like a bum not in the way you dress and not in the way you present yourself online so taking extra steps sometimes, you know, we get comfortable in our creations. We get comfortable with everything that we're doing. So, you know, we just, I'll just do this like I did the last one. Nah, bro. That might be the difference between 
making it and not. They say luck is opportunity meets preparation. If you got the opportunity, but you slacked on your preparation, you give that song to that artist or you send that song to that label, and because you, you know what I'm saying, slacked in your creation, you had that opportunity, you had that preparation, but it wasn't prepared enough. Because you slacked off. Because I slacked off. So, we just always got to be mindful of that shit and be open to people talking and criticizing that stuff. Because it's hard, bro. I know. <clears throat> Motherfucker goddamn broke a lot of spirits. A lot of people got upset. You get on stage, you give your all, and somebody's just like, God damn. And that shit hurt. But at the end of the day, you take that energy and you come back, and when you get that motherfucker, goddamn, and you get that recognition, and you get all that shit that you've been wanting this whole time, and it just feel that much more better because you know that you worked your ass off to get it. You heard everything that everybody said, took it in, you filtered out what needed to be there and what you could throw out. You tweaked your product, you made the necessary adjustments. And then you came back out again and you presented it and everybody was like, that's the shit that we was looking for. And now you got your, you know what I'm saying, you got your sauce. Now it's all about just making different versions of the sauce. Because you don't want to make the same sauce over and over and over again. You got to have, you got to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be a one sauce man. You got to be like Prego in this bitch. You got to be like Ragu. You got to be like my nigga Newman. You gotta be everywhere because being in one place in 2018 and going forward, you're not building generational wealth off of music. You're not building generational wealth off of just one thing. You gotta diversify the incomes, homie. At least five streams. At least five streams. Because if one drop, one drying up, or one in a drought, you can move to this. Move to that. The goal is for you never to be fucked up. Something you make can be going through a fucked up position, a fucked up transition, a fucked up period, a stage, or whatever you want to call it. But the goal is for you not to be fucked up. Because if you fucked up, then everything else fucked up. And if you're somebody like me, like somebody who has plans to employ hundreds of people, they fucked up. It's trickle down effect. When you when you position yourself to be somebody who is going to, if you want to change lives, if you want to change the life of your parents, if you want to change your life, if you want to change the life of your loved ones. You gotta boss up because once you change their lives, their lives now revolve and are dependent upon you. Because you're the one that changed it. You take your parents from making 75000 50000 25000 10000 whatever they make it. You take it to a million dollar, half a million dollar lifestyle. You got to keep that shit up. You the one that got to make sure that they bills is paid and that they're taken care of financially. And it's not just you. It's not just them. It's you. So you gotta make sure you have more than one, more than two, more than three, more than four, at least five. At least five forms of income because my guy, my girl, my God. What you gonna do if the one thing you got going on, example, all right? The best music career of our time so far, one of the best. You Lil Wayne. Alright? <clears throat> right now. You Lil Wayne. All you got is music. You had Lil Wayne career. Peace. Everywhere. Sold out. But for the past, what's it been like three years, I think? Your shipping fucked up with Birdman. So you're not making no money off music, your only streaming income. What the fuck are you doing? Exactly. You fucked up in these streets. It doesn't matter who you are, bro. 
Cause you were you Lil Wayne, he making a shit ton of money. He making millions, and I I, I pick Lil Wayne because I see a lot of us, a lot of people, a lot of creatives, not even just creatives, just in general. A thousand fans, a thousand customers, a thousand supporters, a thousand people that have spent a hundred dollars on you a year. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year. So. Whatever your business is, whatever you do, you got a thousand people that support you. You got a hundred dollars coming in from a thousand people a year. That's your little wing, you know. That's what you make. What the fuck you gonna do for three years of a hundred thousand dollars? Pause. That's not even the right question. The fuck you gonna do for three years? Without a hundred thousand dollars, you ain't got no money coming in. You done spent all your money on jewelry, cars, private jets, houses. You ain't been saving that much money. Let's say you got a man. Let's say you got a hundred thousand dollars saved up. Or you got a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you got a little Wayne's lifestyle. That shit ain't gonna work, bro. You gotta have more money coming in to supplement. Just look at things that you're interested in. Monetize those things, bro. Monetize those things, girl. Monetize those things, God. You can make money in 2018. At this point, bro, doing whatever the fuck you want to do. You just got to be consistent. The same way you're consistent with your art. The same way you're consistent with your music. The same way you're consistent with your business. The same way you're consistent with your blog, your vlog. Your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, even if you're not out here doing anything, anything. The same way you're consistently getting on your phone, making status updates and posting pictures on your Instagram. The same way you can be consistent with creating content that's going to generate some kind of revenue. Whether you're opening up a Spotify and you're selling fucking fidget spinners, bro. Whether you got a, a YouTube channel or whether you got an Etsy. You have a way to monetize. You have to think of how to monetize your shit. Or even if you're just building businesses, you can just build small businesses to sell them. You have to think of a way to diversify your income. Because working two jobs ain't it. Working three jobs gonna kill you. Working one job, you're not living your life. You gotta be in control. I've been saying this the whole time, man. You're the master of your own ship. You know what I'm saying? You control... Where the fuck you go? Not the nigga to your left, not the girl to the right, not the bitch in the cubicle across from you, not your ugly ass manager, not that aggravating customer that comes in, not your district manager, not the CEO, but the person, when you look at your motherfucking hand, that's attached to the motherfucking hand. When you look at the lip, the person that's attached to your motherfucking lip, when you look in the mirror, the motherfucking person that you see, not behind you because you were in the, you know what I'm saying, the bathroom at your work, but the person that's directly in front of you, taking the selfie right now. Smile. That's you. You're the only person that is in control of your life. And don't let anybody tell you anything different, bro. The niggas is lying. They are liars. They are deceivers. They are heartbreakers. And you won't let them back in your life. So you take in the house, the cars, the keys, the dog. You want it all. Yeah, I may have quoted a 2000s R&B song from a female group. But, hey, man. Y'all remember Cherish? Yo, I used to be in love with the twins from Cherish. I don't know what the fuck happened to Cherish. They had that one song. And just disappeared. And you never saw these niggas ever again. And it made me wonder, like, how the fuck y'all niggas just disappear like that? How do people disappear? What is it like to be, like, famous for, like, the 15 minutes? You get the 15 minutes of fame, and you never famous again. Niggas do not recognize you. But for one summer... The block was hot. The block was scorching. 
That's my biggest fear. I don't want that shit. Next to getting stabbed, bro, being famous for like 15 minutes. At least we still support Bobby Schmurder. Like, imagine if nobody fucking cared about Bobby Schmurder. Oh, my God. That'd be horrible. You had the biggest smash. Then you go to jail. And then nobody gave a fuck about you. Bro, that'd be horrible. Luckily, I cannot wait for Schmurder to get out. Free Schmurder, bro. Free my nigga Bobby, bro. See, y'all be thinking that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> but bitch, that's Bobby with the tool. <laughs> yo, yo, Bobby Smurder was probably the realest nigga to ever be in hip-hop for the shortest amount of time. Free Bobby. We got Meek out. I was watching Meek's interviews on, with Ebro. I think that was the first Ebro interview. And I wasn't even like really watching it. That was like the first Ebro interview I ever watched. But I was listening to The Breakfast Club at the same time. I don't know, man. I'm just not really an Ebro fan. I'm not really Hot 97. I don't think it's just mad old, bro. We need, like, young, fresh talent. Like, I fuck with Charlamagne and Angela Yee, and I fuck with DJ Envy. Don't get me wrong. The Breakfast Club is the Breakfast Club. But even them niggas is older. We need, like, some young niggas like me. And it's just not even me. I'm not a fucking journalist. But we need, like, some... I want a young breakfast club. I think that'd be fire. There's really no other game in town when it comes to breakfast club. It's just breakfast club. And then niggas will listen to whatever. I use At the breakfast club, I usually go to listen to other podcasts or music. And that's if I'm up to listen to the breakfast club. Sometimes I just goddamn get up off that shit because I'm just not even really feeling to listen to it that morning. I just want to catch the podcast. Because I'll be, like, fucking commercials, bro. Them shits be killing me. Commercials are, like, the death of radio. That's why I love podcasts. Fucking love podcasts. There's no commercials. But, hey, if you want to be a commercial, you want me to advertise your product on Tizzy Talks or your CLT Raps, hit me up. Think about doing, like, an affiliate program where, you know, we'll just be affiliates and I get a promo code on your site. Or at the door. Or whatever. And when niggas give you the promo code, you know what I'm saying? We could work something out while I just spread off that shit. But yeah, man. Yo, CLT Raps is, in my opinion, going to become the pillar in Charlotte hip-hop. And that's why I made it. Like I was saying earlier about creating different forms and streams of revenue. With your CLT raps, I wanted to figure out how to monetize it, how to make money from it, because I know where it is going. I know what it can be. I know what it will be. And it also needs bread. But at the same time, I don't want to necessarily tax niggas for a platform that I created. But I needed to build a streamer, uh, another stream of income. So like the affiliates program, that's a way for me to help out businesses, help out brands, help out basically anybody I can that want to help out, still make money from it, but it's not like a, hey, nigga, give me shell $100 up front and I give your ass your motherfucking. It's a, nah, bro. It's a, I get paid for the work I put in and I get paid for the reach that I have. And I have to actually put in the work in order to get the pay versus niggas that be like, nah, bro, I want my bread up front. And it's like, bro, okay. You get paid from this situation, but how can I even guarantee that you're going to even do what you say you're going to do? Or you're going to deliver a product that's case in point. For the show that we do on the 24th at Petrus, had a guy who was like, yo, I want to run PR. All right, bet. What's up? He gave us the details. He was like, yo, so... 
thinking we do a what do you say like a two hundred dollar budget. He wanted to do a two hundred dollar budget campaign on Facebook, and then he wanted to take home two hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like, "But what? Why would I pay you two hundred and fifty dollars for you to run a campaign on Facebook? The same campaign on Facebook that I can run my goddamn self. I could just put the two hundred dollars up for the budget and call it a motherfucking day." Why would I, like, that shit ain't make no sense to me. That shit really just blew my mind. And so he ended up being like, okay, how about we'll do $200 budget on Facebook. And then I get, I think he dropped it down to like $50 or $100 or some shit like that. No, he dropped it completely to free. He was like, okay, and then. So $200 on Facebook, and then I'll do it for free, and then I'll make my money at the door. And I'm like, that's a way better, you know what I'm saying, way better way to do it. You tell me today you're going to give me 300 people to this event, and I pay you $200, and then, or $250, and then the day of the event, you got 100 people show up. You didn't do your job, and you got your money. Versus, like, my affiliate program, you do your job, you promote, and you bring out 300 people, and you collect from the door. Because at the end of the day, you're still going to make the same amount of money. Except the difference is, I'm going to read the benefits, because you're going to actually do your job. You're actually going to bring in the 300 people, because you know that now your pay is contingent upon this 300 motherfuckers. You got to actually put in this work. To bring out these 300 people and make your bread. Like, you ain't about to just tell me you're going to bring out 300 people. I paid 250 You had this event. 150 people show up and you be like, that was the result of the Facebook marketing. Well, nah, nigga. Like, you about to get the result of my motherfucking money back in my pocket, too. Man, so, you got to, one, more of that story is to look out for niggas that's trying to just really get some bread up, up off you. And then, two... When you working in the beginning, you got to think outside the box in order to, you know what I'm saying, create your streams of revenue. Because, all right, let's say I do charge $100 a month for a commercial on my podcast, on one of my podcast or commercials on my podcast. All right, so I'm able to land that this month. I got four. So I got 400 I got $400. Alright. But that month, I ain't really send that many people. They ain't really get that many people. You know what I'm saying? To their site. Or to their shows. Or whatever I was promoting. To their restaurants. So, now, they don't re-up next month. So, I got $400 last month. But I don't got $400 this month. I got to go find new clients. And then, don't let word spread that, you know what I'm saying, niggas not actually pulling up. Or shit is moving slower than expected. Then you lose them contracts. And you lose them connects. And you lose people coming to you for interest. Versus, you take the tortoise versus the hare. That one that fast money up front, guaranteed, that boom, 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 $100, got four, 400 That fast... You take it to slow, and you build the affiliate program, or you build relationships with people, you build relationships with companies, and you mutually work with companies, and you send customers to companies, and you re- you make your money on that back end like that. I can go down, you can go to, well, just go with me. I can take an affiliate program, and I, like I said, I get these shits out, because, nigga, these ideas I got, nigga, take it, bro. This idea I got from, I think I got this idea from Keychains, and that made me think about it, and that's why I'm saying it right now, because I was thinking about it. Or no, I got it from uh, Shane Hush. Somebody I interviewed, you know, because I'm out here reaching out to people and talking to people, I get new ideas. They give me ideas, and then I expound upon them, and then I figure out how to best make them work for me. But that affiliate program, 
with a program like that where you're going to put your work in, you're going to show other companies that you put the work in in order for them to make money and you also reap the benefits as well. You can take that platform to anybody because who don't want a worker, extra mouth on the streets? You know what I'm saying? Like, who wants to pay for advertising up front when you can pay on the back end when you see the rewards or when you reap the benefits, rather? I'll bet, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a hundred dollars right here. It's a dollar per person you send me. You send me a hundred people this month. Bet. Here's a hundred dollars. Next month I send you a thousand. Not not a check a thousand dollars. No no nego- no change in negotiations. Just the only thing that changed was the amount of people. First month I ten people went, ten dollars. Second month, twenty people. Fifth month, thousand. He's happier because they're making more money. I'm happy because I'm making more money too. Think long term, not short term. Short term thoughts bring upon short term goals. I got that from an anime. Who said you can't learn from anime? But it's true, man. Short term thought, short term thoughts bring upon short term goals. And short term goals are accomplished quickly. And life is a marathon. If you're gonna build streams of income, and you're gonna Build generational wealth so your children's children are fine. You gotta think outside the box. Start with smaller companies, link up with smaller companies, work with those companies, build your rep up. You get you 50 smaller companies under your belt, get you 50 smaller blogs under your belt, get you 50 smaller. Entities or whatever you're working with underneath your belt as supporters, bro, you can use that energy and move forward. Wiz said, I'm about to end with this. Indecisions, real simple. He said, New York me, LA me. Which made me think, New York me, LA me. What the fuck? Oh. He just has somebody that works or that he knows that lives in New York or L.A. or Houston or wherever he's going. And that person happens to work at a club or own a club. And he can just be like, hey, yo, I'm on my way to L.A. Hey, bet. You trying to stop by the club? Yeah, bro, we can throw a party, throw a concert, whatever in the club. Okay, bet. I'll make tickets $40. Okay, bet. Boom. Flyer out. Wiz Khalifa. Club 123 LA. Tickets $40. People go to the club, particularly in that night, because they want to see Wiz. At the end of the night, club made a shit ton of money. Wiz get broke off with some money. Wiz goes about his life. Now, how does Wiz do that? Wiz has a relationship with somebody within some club, whether it's the owner, the booker. It's not a bartender. It's not a waiter. They have a real relationship with somebody who can actually make decisions within the venue. Secondly, Wiz has a following. Not and when I say that I don't I'm not talking about social media following. I'm talking about he has people that support him. Wiz ain't get to that by just hopping straight on Breakfast Club. Wiz did circuits, Wiz did colleges, Wiz did these smaller events, gathered all that energy, and moved it on up. And he's continuing to keep that energy and add to it. So that all he has to do in order to go to L.A. and make money, or go to D.C. and make money, or go to NY, or go to Houston, or go to wherever and make money, he just has to continue to be Wiz Khalifa. He just has to continue putting out his product at a high level. And it can even dip a little bit. 
But he just has to continue putting on his product at a high level. He already has his core. He already has his 1,000. At this point, it's all about just maintaining and adding to it. He has more than 1,000 core fans at this point. And that's why New York me, LA me, and Houston me. Because I, I know the bar, I know the owner, I know the booker. I'm putting out content consistently. And I'm connected with my fans. Because I have them. And I'm staying around talking with them. I'm putting out social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Having conversations. As long as I do those things and I keep myself on the up and up. I can't be stopped. And even if the music does show up, Wiz is and weed, Wiz is all over the place. I'm not about to sit here and dive into this man's portfolio because I don't know all of his portfolio. What I do know is that very, 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 very few people make it off one stream of income. That's why football players go broke a lot. That's why basketball, that's why sports players in general go broke. Spend a shit ton of money, and they only got one stream of income. 2018, man, you need at least five streams of income. When you're building it, take that take that criticism, man. Listen to what people say. Filter out what you need. Don't be a bitch about it. Add it to your life. Make your sauce. And once you got your sauce, diversify the sauce. Man, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. It's Tizzy. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Twitter and Instagram is Tizzy two times. That's T-I-Z-Z-Y, the number two, T-Y-M-E-S. Make sure y'all follow your CLT raps. Yo, C-L-T-R-A-P-S. You're watching this on the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Turn the notification bell on. And um, I'll see y'all again next week. Yo, it's Tizzy Talks. It's lit.